Mariah, thanks for staying with us. Let's go to this developing story. The Israeli army this morning asking residents of several areas of the Gaza Strip to flee their homes in preparation for revenge attacks against Hamas. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed vengeance on Palestinian militants. Hamas launched a wave of rocket attacks and sent fighters into Israel yesterday morning in the biggest escalation in decades. Now some 250 people, we understand, um, in Israel have been killed and 230 others have died in Gaza in a wave of Israeli airstrikes. Israeli defense chiefs are now facing growing questions over how the attack could have happened. Let's speak to Jonathan Schwartz, who is an Israeli journalist and joins us on the line. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time this morning. Let's start with the situation in Tel Aviv, where you are. Tel Aviv at the moment is quiet. There were rocket attacks uh, last night around 8 p.m. Israeli time. And one or two buildings in the south and center of the city did sustain uh, rocket damage. But for the most part, uh, at the moment, the situation in the center of the country seems to be quiet. And what's the latest on the the casualties? At the moment, uh, the IDF spokesperson is talking about between 250 to 300 Israelis who have been killed so far since the attack began. And approximately 15 to 1800 injured. Those are the current figures. But of course, they are far from final because this war is still going on. And dozens of Israelis, they don't have the exact number, but dozens of Israelis have been taken uh, captive to back to Gaza. And this includes, includes both soldiers and, but mostly civilians. Mm-hmm. Most of the hostages were are civilians who were taken from the kibbutzim that were occupied by the Hamas uh, forces uh, for several hours before the IDF retained control. And they managed to, to get a lot of them back to Gaza, where they're holding them captive. And I wonder how, um, you know, has been the response from the Israeli government on the hostages? So far, the Israeli government is not talking about the hostages. What they're talking about is, uh, and I quote, taking revenge on Hamas. This is not a term we usually hear from government sources, especially not the prime, a prime minister himself. But this is quoting Netanyahu at his press conference uh, last night, or, or statement, should I say, rather. He took no questions. He spoke about revenge. Uh, it seems that the government has not yet actually formulated a policy of what it wants the IDF to do. There's, of course, um, you know, a lot of uh, some reports suggesting that some on the ground are asking questions about how this could have happened without the Israeli government being aware um, that something like this was coming, possible intelligence collection in that particular regard. Let's talk about that because a number of people are saying that um, they could have foreseen what what came. Uh, it is what I call... Uh a cognitive deterioration in the IDF's operational abilities is what I call it. And and what am I referring to? Uh, The intelligence apparatus, which is the key to early warning, is all the high-tech intelligence gathering equipment and personnel on the border. The army has been severely split, like Israeli society, 
over the government's attempt over the past months to railroad through uh, a regime change in the name of judicial reform that would effectively turn Israel into what is called an illiberal democracy, which is really another word for some form of authoritarian government. Uh, the army has been uh, severely split like the rest of Israeli society. Most of, in general, the more skilled and higher educated the people are, the less likely they are to be government supporters. Uh, the, the top elite units of the IDF, which includes intelligence, air force, special ops, they, they, et cetera, et cetera, they tend to be mostly anti-government. Now, I'm not saying no one, someone didn't do their duty or deliberately let this happen. That's not what I'm saying, and I do not want it to be construed as such. However, when uh, the society is split and the government itself and its supporters are telling half the population they're illegitimate, they're traitors, they're left-wingers, etc., 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 whatever we, all the uh, propaganda and, 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 what we, and, and the hate-mongering and the incitement that has been coming out of the government ever since it took power, it reduces motivation. That's a human, you know, that's a human failing. It can't be helped. And I do think that, I don't think anyone deliberately shirked their duty or said, let's let it happen to embarrass the government. I do not believe that for a minute. However, even subconsciously, the people who are opposed to the government's policies and, of course, serving the IDF, let us say that it's hard to maintain the normal level of motivation, cognitive motivation to, to go the extra mile when everything is, seems to be falling apart around you. And I think that contributed a significant amount to what happened. The other thing is that uh, the Gaza region was left unprotected under pressure from the extreme right-wing ministers, Ben Benvir and Smotrich, a few days ago, most of the, uh, the Gaza Corps, the, that's, a, that's a unit of about one or two divisions mm. that in Gaza was transferred to the West Bank under pressure from Smotrich and Ben Gvir, and Gaza was left basically undefended. That is why they were able to penetrate the, arm, the, uh, the army base that everyone saw on TV yesterday and just pillage it. There were no soldiers there because mm. it had the it, almost most of the units had been transferred to the West Bank a few days earlier. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much that for giving us the latest on the ground. We do appreciate it and we'll be in touch with you just to see how things unfold in the coming days. That is Israeli journalist Jonathan Schwartz. As promised, let's stay with developments of what's happening there in Gaza. As we saw those attacks, um, even earlier on, the, those attacks by Hamas. And we just spoke to um, journalist, Israeli journalist Jonathan, who was painting a picture for us of what's going on there and saying that it does look like the disintegration within the IDF. Um, may also have played a role here. And as promised, we are speaking to Naim Jenna, who's a senior researcher with the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Naim, this morning. Let's start with, firstly, um, how was your reaction when you saw what happened yesterday? Because a lot of us were quite in shock, uh, you know, at what we were seeing unfolding before our eyes on television. 
Well, I think the scale of the operation from Gaza was uh, was entirely a surprise. Um, very shocking for many people to wake up in the morning and, and discover that this had happened. I think the fact of uh, such a response from the Palestinian side to uh, almost eight decades of occupation and oppression is something that we should all have expected. Uh, when it might happen and exactly how, of course, was was a surprise yesterday. But uh, after 75 years um, of living under military rule, military occupation, um, colonialism and, and apartheid, what we saw yesterday, I think, uh, and that's why we, we saw the kind of global um, Palestinian uh, jubilation, in a sense, uh, that finally Palestinians are, are saying that enough is enough. And I suppose it tells us a lot about the amount of planning that was involved here on the side of Hamas than we've seen in the past. The the manner in which the operation took place suggests that uh, there were at, at least months of training, if not more than that. Um, training, preparation, planning, um, the, the time uh, that, that it that it happened, the manner in which it happened, um, the infrastructure that was ready to support it with breaking down the borders, etc. Um, they, they literally took over Israeli towns, uh, villages, and held them uh, in some cases for almost 24 hours, for almost a day. Um, that is quite, uh, quite huge, uh, considering that the IDF is one of the one of the most powerful armies on the planet today. Um, and despite uh, despite the fact that there is, uh, as correctly pointed out by by the generals from Tel Aviv, there's some disillusionment within the IDF, etc. It still is an extremely powerful um, uh, powerful army. So in order to take over an uh, um, an Israeli military base as they did, with virtually no response, and to capture, uh, they now have uh, in Gaza. It is said about 180 captives, uh, about 140 of whom are soldiers. To capture 140 Israeli soldiers is no mean feat, uh, but also, as you say, would have taken a lot of planning and uh, and preparation, yes. And given the fact that this conflict has been going on for a long time now, sometimes people, you know, get lost in the developments um, and why we see what we see at a certain point in time. But this particular one, listening to what has come out, is this Operation Al-Aqsa Flood. And you think about that mosque and what was happening there. Let's remind the listeners today as to what is at the core of this particular operation. Well, what's at the core of it is the fact that uh, Israel was created um, on land of Palestinians without Palestinians being con- uh, consulted about it uh, in 1948. Uh, subsequent to that, I mean, uh, Palestinians who make up uh, 20% of the Israeli population, and I'm talking about the West Bank and Gaza, within Israel, uh, the 20% of the population who are Palestinians, uh, for about 20 years after 1948, lived under military law. Uh, so military law as well as uh, separate laws in one country. In 1967, when uh, the West Bank and Gaza were occupied, including uh, Jerusalem, um, they have lived under military occupation since then, since 1967. Um, um, even within Israel, despite whatever uh, whatever Israelis say, uh, Palestinians are discriminated against, and there's a, uh, there's a kind of apartheid system within Israel. 
within the occupied territories, um, its military occupation, its uh, colonization, continued building of settlements on stolen Palestinian land. But on a day-to-day basis, the lives lives of Palestinians is uh, extremely miserable. I mean, children going to school have to pass through military checkpoints in the West Bank. The Gaza, for 17 years now, has been under a kind of hermetic seal, people not able to leave or enter. Um, uh, goods not able to leave or enter unless uh, allowed by the Israelis. And we've seen last night, um, just by the flick of the switch, basically, the Israelis shut off uh, all entry of uh, goods into Israel, shut off the electricity, shut off the water supply. Um, So they they fully control the lives of Palestinians in the whole area, um, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, and after eight decades of that, um, you know, P- uh, Palestinians have tried to resist in various ways. So they are told that they're not allowed to, uh, by the Israelis and, and the Israeli supporters like the U.S., that they're not allowed to uh, resist in an armed way. But uh, when they started the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign, which is entirely peaceful, they told they're not allowed to resist in that way. In fact, BDS is uh, criminalized in much of Europe and, and the United States. Um, when they have uh, arts festivals, they are told that that is anti-Semitic. Um, so when you are allowed no uh, avenue of protest against your occupation and against the racist policies against you, um, then people decide that they need to up the ante, and that's what we saw uh, happening yesterday. I think mm-hmm. that yesterday is a, um, a signal of uh, a new form of struggle for, for the Palestinians and a and, uh, new phase in the history of, uh, uh, of, of the Palestinians and Israelis. All right. Thank you so much, Naeem, for your time. I do appreciate it. Let's see then what happens with this one and what comes out in the coming days. That was Naeem Jenna, who is a senior researcher with the Mapungubu Institute for Strategic Reflection.